Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. And before we get started with the story for this week, a quick heads up. Sean and I are doing some traveling over the next few months and running some public workshops. I'll be running a public uh, storytelling for leaders workshop in Washington on the 23rd of May. Fantastic. And Sean, you'll be in London? Yeah, 18th of June is when I'm doing the uh, public workshop. Fantastic. And all the information's on our website, anecdote.com forward slash events, if you're interested and want some information about those. Yeah, it'd be great to see you. And so, Sean, you've got a story for us this week. Yeah, my story today is a relatively short story. Um, And it's one of those interesting ones in that you can either, as a business leader, you could tell it or you could do it. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I think it gives you some flexibility, right? So uh, I remember this. This is one of these stories that you hear hear once and it's just really stuck in my mind because it has that sort of level of, I don't know, a little bit of cleverness, I suppose, about it. And I heard it because uh, when uh, the the Heath brothers, Chip and Dan Heath, remember this? When they they came out with their book, uh, Made to Stick. Yep. The success factors. Yes, it was just you know four or five different things that make it make the difference in terms of uh, whether something will be made to stick, and one of them, one of the chapters that they talked about was story, of course. Yeah. But after they wrote that book, they were both very interested in how what they could do to help uh, the education industry, and so they put a call out to all uh, their readers to submit stories of where they've seen teachers just do remarkable things that grab their students so remarkable as in worth remarking on not not necessarily amazing things is well, no no things that worked you know yeah. things that you know when they when they saw it heard it it stuck in their mind and anyway one guy wrote in he said this happened years ago uh, when he did his first year graphic design course at university right you know what it's like when uh, that first year uni you don't you don't really know what you're doing you're going to your first lecture uh, you know, your first workshop or whatever it might be. You're, you're piling into the classroom, not knowing exactly what's going on. Well, imagine that situation. And as the students settle down, they're all sitting at their desks. Next thing you know, this person just bursts from out you know, the back of the room with a big sort of uh, chocolate cake in his hand with just some serviettes, paper, you know, serviettes in his hand, and he's he's just going around asking him, want some cake, want some cake, and there's no easy way to cut. He's more or less just got a knife. He's just to hack off a bit of it. The icing's dripping off at it. That's crumbling this cake, and all the students are going, oh no, no, it's okay, it's okay, and, you know. So not 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 the most appetising cake. No, no takers on this cake. Right, right. Anyway, without any explanation he disappears out the back again and then moments later he has the silver service trolley in front of him comes out into the class um beautifully pristine cake with uh, with plates and 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 you know sort of the uh, you know material serviettes and you know be- you know cotton serviettes etc and and now he's sort of saying would you like a, a slice of cake and he's got the nice beautiful sort of um, you know cake knife there and Splayed and and of course the the kids are going ah oh, yeah look I'll have a cake and next thing you know the whole cake's gone right and just then he stands in front of the whole class and he just sort of said see presentation matters 
And that's where he starts his course on on graphic design and presentation and the importance of it. And <laughs> and the guy that uh, who told it, he said, to this day, he remembers the whole experience. You know, there's all the bazillion things that could have happened. He remembers that as if it was yesterday, right? So here's the thing. I think with that story, you could tell that story to make a point about the importance of presentation, but you could also do it. Okay, so so when we come to talk about how you might use that story, that's yeah, one of the things that we can exactly, talk about. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's a short little story. Um, what so, do you reckon? So, yeah, so what is it about that story that works? Why does that story work? Well, for me, it's uh, visual. Yeah. You know, you can, <laughs> the dripping icing. Yeah, you can, you can make it. And, and the other thing is um, the emotion that it triggers is around disgust. And as we've spoken before, that's one of the super strong emotions that we have. So, so that must have been one pretty bad looking cake. To, to, to generate disgust, <laughs> yeah. right? But I think it was just his hands, you know. There was no, no nothing between the cake and his hands. Oh, he's, got, oh, he's, he's got, got the cake, cake on, on his, his hand. hand. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. okay, so yeah, okay. so he's, he's generating this whole, you know, sort of uh, vibe, I suppose. And... <laughs> Uh, so there's there's that element, that emotion is sort of uh, going through it. Of course, they're all, they're all very uncertain. They don't know what's going on either. Well, as you said, it, and I remember the, the first time, I, it doesn't matter whether it was first year or, or well, maybe as easier as second year and third year, but but certainly in those early times, first first lecture, first tutorial, you've got no idea what to expect. You, you know, most time you don't know who the lecturer is. Yes, um, exactly. So I think there's those elements. I don't know. Is there anything that jumped out for you? Well, just how quick and easy to tell that story is. That's uh, one of the things I really like about it. Yeah, I do wonder how much of that prelude that I gave on um, about Chip and Dan Heath and their book. And for me, that provides just context for our listeners who might be interested in that book. And so I chose to include that bit because I thought it would be a nice sort of gentle way into the story. Yeah, so it's a bit of backstory, it's a bit of context so that the story makes sense. So, yeah. um, And you wouldn't need to do that if you were going to use it in a business context necessarily. And no, you, you might, you might but, have to do something at yeah. the beginning just to, to get into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, if you take out the context, it's even shorter, oh, even yeah. easier to tell. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to... It's probably a two-minute story. Yeah. yeah. Should, we should time that. No, no. I think, yeah, it'd be maybe even, yeah, it could be even shorter than that. Um, so contrast was one of the things that that, that uh, I loved about that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, it all hinges on that really, doesn't it? Yeah. If you didn't have the contrast, if you don't have that before and after, yep. it doesn't really make the point. And, and, and humans love contrast. Oh. In the past, it was black and now it's white. Yeah, yeah, and we do it. It, it just... A very effective uh, part of uh, uh, any story. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, I guess the other thing that I think is really interesting about it is that I, I can imagine that the story then becomes a metaphor or at least a, a language element that people would use moving forward through that course. You know, like he could be uh, another three weeks into the course and talking about a specific situation and he can sort of say... I don't know. This looks like a, a crumbly cake situation here, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah, do that, we have a pristine cake, cake here? Yeah, that know? cake doesn't look very very appetising. Uh, maybe we could do something to yep. to make that look better. That's right. And I think that would uh, 
Yeah. Everyone would know what you're talking about like, this, to a visceral level. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and and all you have to say is is men- mention cake, and yep. they've got a metaphor. They've got a language that makes sense to them. Yeah, indeed. So so that's pretty good. And the other thing is that that I love about it is that he he could have spent an hour that first hour telling people how important presentation is. Yeah. But he didn't. He spent the first two or three minutes showing them. Actually, you made me think of something, right? So. Yeah, you could say, you could sort of say, well, the research shows that presentations which have got high quality have a 63% response rate of a blah, 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 right? Oh, could, hang on, hang on. Just, I, I just fell asleep then. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the, I was, last night I was watching Brené Brown do her Netflix special, right? And I thought it was so fascinating because here was a, a researcher, 20 years of, you know, full-on research. She has you know, a, a data set of 400,000 participants. Um, she, and I, this is stuff I've heard before. I didn't hear it on her Netflix special last night, right? Not once did she mention data. Not once did she mention uh, anything to do with... Um, she said there was research. But but not one statistic. Not one statistic. Really? Not, not one statistic, right? Wow. And she essentially just told stories about her and her husband and her and her kids and, you know, stories about those day-to-day things which illustrated the points, the outcomes from her research. And I thought, this is bloody brilliant because essentially what she's doing, she's sort of saying, look, I need a general audience because the general audience is going to be the big audience, right? So if I can talk to a general audience, I would talk to them like this. Yep. But out of that general audience, there's a subset who'd be interested in my book, right? And so they'll go and buy the book, which is great, and they'll learn about the research. And then there's a subset under that who'll go and find the research papers, right? But if she starts too low, she loses so many of the other audience. Well, one of the, the big challenges, I was working with some uh, PhD and, and postdoctoral researchers uh, in Convergent nanobioscience. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can even say that. <laughs> and one of the big challenges they've got is is it's called outreach. Having the ability to, to communicate their research in a way that somebody understands and can make use of. And so what you're saying about Brené Brown makes a lot of sense because most of the time they start with a technical description of their research. Yes. Of which there is only a tiny population who would be interested right but it's important research yes that or every human is potentially interested in if they can communicate in the right way yeah so stepping away from the 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 facts and the, the data and the technical language into that plain language uh, is a great way to create that outreach and she's kind of living her message right her message is around vulnerability and the importance of vulnerability now if you're a researcher how vulnerable are you if you stand up in front of an audience and don't use all your statistics and your data, and but you go for emotion, you're putting yourself out there, right? Because yeah, yeah. you know a whole bunch well, of boffin heads are going to be after you. I remember, I remember what, she, a, what an idiot you are. She, her first TED talk, she admitted that she'd had a breakdown and this caused her enormous stress yeah. uh, after doing it. She, she, I, I can't believe I did that. That I, I've told 500 people in a room that I, I had a breakdown. And so I was talking to one of my friends and of course it went onto YouTube and uh, 
Yeah, a few million next. Four get million. To see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so okay, so that show don't tell thing is a really important part of this, uh, the story that you shared about the cake. Yeah, yeah. So right. he didn't go up there and give the presentation on stats. No. He he gave them an experience that that provided an enduring lesson that. 20 years later, this person has written to Chip and Dan Heath about. So that's one of the powers of show, don't tell, and, and creating the situation where somebody has an emotional reaction because we remember what we feel. Yeah. And so yeah. that's a great example of that. So the, the, well, for me, one of the other things that I really like about that is that when you start a new, a new course with a new lecturer, you don't know who they are. You don't know what the course is going to be like. In fact, most people would probably have pretty low expectations. But within just a few minutes, he's demonstrated that he's an interesting person by his actions. It's kind of like a he's triggered a connection story. Yes. Built rapport and connection. Mm, nice one. Um, so that's one of the things I really like about that is he's created yeah, an experience that's, that's yeah. demonstrated that you know he's perhaps innovative, in, interesting, thinks a bit differently. Maybe maybe this is going to be very practical. Could be fun. Oh, goodness. <laughs> this is university we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so that's actually uh, from a tiny little story. There's a lot of things that we've that we've liked about it. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So how do we use this? And you kind of gave uh, a, a broad categorization of use at the start when you said, "Oh yeah, you could use Tell the it story or do itself, it. or you could do it." Yeah. 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 Well, uh, one of the sort of situations I remember back in the day, I I worked f- when I was working for Oracle. Um, this is back in the eighties. I started my life as a technological sort of guy and we would do these big tenders, massive tenders. We would do, I know, we wouldn't sleep for like two or three days type stuff. Oh, as as the deadline for the tender approaches. Yeah, 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 yeah it was crazy. But uh, there would be time, I reckon there'd be times during that process where you're just pulling it together and you're going to throw it out as however it comes. But oh. if you're a smart tender manager, you might actually either tell that story or, you know, let's let's say you got to that point where you're now producing the materials to send to the customer. That might be when you bring out the cakes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or bring out, uh, maybe tell that story and bring out an old tender that was a, a dog's breakfast. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think there's lots of possibilities in, in using that. Um, yeah. In that story, yeah, and, and look, I'm 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 reminded of, of how, how you could have used this story to great effect in the early days of anecdote. Oh yeah, what do you mean? Well, when we first started, money was tight. Well, money's always tight, and when whenever you gave a, a presentation, you, you'd get our designer to to build the sides and make instead draw- of the little stick figure instead of little stick figures yeah. or, oh, or right, having right. a, a, a you know, like uh, uh, clip art or anything like there was none of this with yours that you know you send off to the designer and you'd have beautiful slides and it always caused me angst when what's I, when Callahan I doing what's he doing spending our money on these things and of course you could have told that story and because it has helped hasn't it oh it, well, I look back and I think that's one of the most important pieces of, of the the philosophy of anecdote is the importance of design. Yeah, yeah, uh, good one, Lisa. There you go. Yeah, could, they, could have done the cake, uh, yeah. the cake story. Or- so, if you're ever in the situation where you need to justify spending on design, then that cake story could well be your friend. Yes, indeed. No, I like it. Right. Okay. So we should. Um, 
Give it a bit of a Give it score. a rating. Yeah. yeah. So you, you go first. Well, I think it's a really good little story and I'm going to give it a seven. Okay, good. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a story that has got good uh, good oh. use. It's, I could, it's not hard to tell. It's in my back pocket. Uh, I don't know how often I would tell it, but it's actually um, it's a good one to have there. Yeah, a high effect for a very short story. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. Fantastic. Cool. Right, yeah, anything we need to uh, cover off before we uh, finish oh, up? Oh, just another reminder about the workshops in London and Washington on our events page. If you want more information, we'd love to see you there. Actually, and if you wanted just to meet up in London or anything like that. Or just, Washington. Yeah, yeah, just just give us a hoy because uh, it's always great to you know meet people who are doing interesting things. I remember one of the nicest uh, experiences I had in London. I was walking down uh, the river there and... And I get a, a text message, and it was from the mayor's office. And I thought, oh, Jesus, what's going on here? And uh, uh, a couple of um, uh, people wanted to meet me at the mayor's office. And I thought, hello. 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 The Lord Mayor of London. That's right. And so I went down to that hive building, and it turned out that the, um, the communications specialists in the mayor's office we're using our techniques, especially the story listening techniques as opposed to the storytelling techniques, as part of a change program that we're running. And they were using it because they didn't want to have any um, written down stories. They wanted it all to be oral stories, right? Oh. Um, and they just wanted to say thank you. And it was a lovely, a lovely thing. So just the, the ability to you know, sort of meet people and find out what they're doing with these sort of story techniques is always a, a wonderful thing. So if you'd like to meet Sean or I in Washington or London, then if you send a note note to people at anecdote.com, that'll get to us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to see you. We love talking to people about story, uh, as you can tell. And we'd love to have a conversation when we're in these overseas locations. Yeah, great. Okay, well, thanks for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, uh, of course, stay tuned for the next uh, episode where we'll be putting more stories to work. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.